Good morning and welcome to our Fitzroy Sunday online service. Four months in and here we still are. But you might have noticed something a little bit different this morning. I am just wearing my African shirt made by the wonderful Victoria, Vicky, who is Bishop Isaac, the late Bishop Isaac's daughter-in-law. The late Bishop Isaac set up a project in Onelaku, which is on the outskirts of Arua, that just became a city this week. So congratulations to Arua. It is now a city. Onelaku is on the edge of Arua. And Bishop Isaac one morning looked out at his children in church and they felt God saying that he needed to do something for the children and that that doing something was to give them a school. Um, meanwhile, across the world in Fitzroy, we were extending our halls and we wanted to tithe the giving for that to a project somewhere in the world. And God brought us with Bishop Isaac together in Onelaku through Fields of Life, an organization that now we're very much a part of. And if you're listening to us and watching us, as so many of you are across the world, and you don't know a little bit about the history of the church that I think now you're an associate member of, then today, this Sunday, as you watch and listen, we should be in Onelaku Primary School. We've sent a team these last five years, and the team should be in church in Onelaku this morning. And so that's why I'm wearing my African shirt. And it's why you're going to get a sense of Uganda and Arua and fields of life as the service goes on. We are going to have greetings from Uganda. We are going to have greetings from fields of life. Our reading will be taken by John McMullen, a member of Fitzroy, who is on the fields of life board here in Ireland. And our prayers will be done by David Hall, who is a member of the staff of Fields of Life here in Ireland. And you will get a flavour of Uganda as you go. Johnny Fitch will be singing a song that he and I wrote on our first team trip there, which uh, hopefully expresses some of the joy that we are missing today by not being in Arua. So that's a little bit of a flavour. Um, other things... Um, tonight at seven o'clock, we go live with our new series. I forgot to announce it last week. We're doing a new series called Light from Rock Music in Presbyterian Ordination Vows. We say that we're not going to refuse light from any quarter. And those of you who know me, uh, I have not only refused light from rock music, but I've eagerly sought it out. And so last week, and it's up on Fitzroy TV, you can watch me unpacking um, the, the work of Van Morrison, seeking light in the work of Van Morrison with uh, Brian Houston uh, doing the songs. And tonight we're looking at the light in the music of Bob Dylan. And I'm delighted that Chris Taylor from San Antonio, Texas, is going to sing a few songs on that. That will go live at seven tonight. You can watch Van in the afternoon if you missed it and uh, get ready uh, for Bob tonight. Things in Fitzroy are winding down a little over the summer in our virtual world. Um, but uh, the wonderful thing about online is that when you go off on your staycation, or of those of you who are brave enough and maybe mad enough to go on a vacation, you can watch us from anywhere in the world. So the, the congregation will never be so together uh, in a July and August as we've been in the past. So um, we hope that you have a good uh, rest and stay and staycation or vacation. But uh, hang on to us and be with us every Sunday as we share online. 
we're going to start off with a, a, a worship song and then we're going to go into that little section of greetings and Johnny singing our African song. So uh, let me just pray before we worship God. Our God, we come to you from all over the world. The preacher, those who put this service together, have really no idea what has gone on in the hearts and the souls and the spiritual journeys of everyone watching just now. But Lord, your spirit does. So we pray that the skeletons of what we have planned to do in this service might find the flesh and muscle of your Holy Spirit and come alive in the lives of everyone, wherever they are, whoever they are, who are watching this service. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, Fitzroy. This is David and Heather Sharlin from Arua, the newly created city in the northwest of Uganda. It's so good to be able to greet you from this veranda where we have welcomed so many teams from Fitzroy. We're so sad that this year we can't welcome you here to share coffee and cake, but we pray for God's blessing upon you. May Jesus be with you this day. Bye. Bye. See you next year. Hello, it's Lloyd. Praise Jesus. Uh, we love you so much here in Uganda. Greetings from Uganda. We missed you this summer, but all in all, Jesus is the answer. Jesus left us with the gift of love, and he left us with the whole story to lead us. Uh, today I'm going to share with you a verse from a book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 2 up to verse 6. I'll read it very quickly. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unit of um, spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body. One spirit, just as you were called to one hope, we were called one go one God, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Praise Jesus. God bless you. I love you so much and I miss you a lot. Hi, it's Bella and today I was supposed to be in Uganda, but instead I'm here in Tantamaya with my friends. Look forward to seeing you all again soon. Hi Fitzroy, it's Richard from Fields of Life. I uh, just wanted to say a big hello on your Ugandan um, Sunday morning. I know that many of you would rather be there just now, but I just wanted to take the opportunity to say a huge thank you. Thank you for the partnership. Thank you for the bus journeys, the coffee mornings, the fundraisers, uh, the musical evenings. Thank you for your individual and collective hearts to go and to serve this amazing community of people uh, in Arua, in the northern part of Uganda. But also thank you for your hearts to learn from them uh, and to let something of their lives, their faith, their culture speak truth and grace to you um, as you live out your faith in Fitzroy and Belfast. Uh, I'm really excited to see where the partnership continues to go and from the bottom of our hearts, Thank you so much indeed, and may God bless you. Fitzroy Church, pleased to be a part of this service this morning. My name is Edna Nyakaisiki, the former Executive Director, Fields of Life. I'm pleased to have joined you this morning on this, in this service. Uh, I know many of you have learned that I've since left, and would have loved to actually physically reach out to you to inform you that I left Fields of Life. I know we've walked the journey of the partnership between Onyaleku and Fitzroy. Right from the start, when you were tithing to the, for the construction of, uh, of, of Onyaleku, I was a part of it. I was here to open Onyaleku room where Reverend Steve currently sits. We thank you for your love, your care, your support for the child in Onoleku, Arua, in Uganda, 
and in Africa. We can't go without thanking God for seeing us through this COVID pandemic. We pray for each one of you who's lost a dear one, to, for God to comfort you. But we also continue to pray for those who are looking after those who are affected by COVID. And we pray for the pandemic to stop because it's affected our journey to Uganda. Today, Fitzroy team was meant to be in Arua. Unfortunately, it's not there. But we thank God that we are alive. We can't, we can't take it for granted. I thought I would have met up with you as a team when you visited Uganda for your usual visit to Arua. Unfortunately, I couldn't. But thought reaching out to you today would make a difference. Thank you and thank you again for supporting my tenure, supporting me as an executive director of Fields of Life during my tenure. Whereas I've left Fields of Life, I know I'm still a part of Fitzroy Church and I know I have my seat right at the front, at the front pew in Fitzroy, but also I'm still a part of the Fields of Life family. I know each and every one in Onyaleku would have loved to say a thank you to you for your love, for your care, for the joy you give them whenever you visit. But I will represent them now. Thank you again, and may the good Lord bless you and take good care of you. Till we meet in 2021, July, same time, but in Uganda. Bye-bye.
education and health. And that you don't get all of our poverty. With justice, the peace, and way of wealth. Africa, I am praying for you, praying for water, education, and health. And that you don't get all of our poverty. With justice, with peace, and with wealth. My name is not Misungu, and we may have a different skin, but all our blood is red. The same grace color as Jesus bled. Whoa, 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 I am waving at you. I am waving at you. I am waving at you. Oh, Africa. Whoa. morning. Were it not for COVID, this week would have seen a team from Fitzroy visiting Onaleku Primary School in northwest Uganda. There they would have been enjoying laughter and fun with the people, showing indeed that our God is a God for all the nations. Fitzroy has been supporting Onaleku through Fields of Life for many years. And in our prayers this week, we will be remembering the school and the work of Fields of Life more generally. I'm using a refrain in our prayers, so when I say, Good Shepherd, let us all respond, guide us in love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and Creator God, we thank you for the wonders of your creation, the richness of beauty and the diversity we see in it. We thank you that that diversity extends to the many countries and cultures and people groups in this world. But Lord, forgive us for turning the wonder of diversity into the ugliness of inequality, resulting in a world that is much more about them and us rather than celebrating diversity together. Good Shepherd, guide us in love. Lord, we thank you for the partnership between Fitzroy and Onileku School through Fields of Life, for the people in all three organisations that keep the partnership alive. We thank you for the opportunity to share some of our economic riches and to receive some of the spiritual riches that are so apparent in that community. We remember the team members who had planned to travel to Uganda. Give them a special sense of your comfort at this time amidst the disappointment of being unable to travel. And we pray for the planned nursery block to be built at the school with support from Fitzroy. We pray that it would be able to be progressed once this COVID scare has passed. Good Shepherd, guide us in love. Lord, we pray for Onileku School, especially at this time of coronavirus fears. We pray especially for Pastor David, 
that you would guide him as he leads the people at this difficult time. We know the lockdown has not been easy for many people there, especially those who usually work from hand to mouth and have suffered greatly with income stopping. We thank you that the church in Onyeleku has been able to reach out to many old people and single mothers, and we ask that this might continue. We pray for the teachers of the school, many of whom are struggling with reduced salaries while the school is closed. We ask that they may, that they may be supported somehow and be ready and able to come back to school as soon as they are allowed. And we pray for the children of the school. We ask that the planned lessons over the radio might be successful and the children will be able to have some form of schooling during this time. Good Shepherd, guide us in love. And Lord, we remember the work of Fields of Life throughout Uganda and beyond. We thank you for the many staff involved in the work there. We pray especially for Esther, the new executive director. We thank you for how well she is settling in after only one month in the job and ask that she would know your strength and guidance as she serves you in this new role. And we also pray for Fields of Life here in Northern Ireland, that you would watch over and guide the trustees and staff in these uncertain times. We pray especially that you would guide all those involved in the recruitment process of a new CEO this month. We ask, Lord, that the candidate of your choosing might be selected to continue the good work and to take Fields of Life forward in the years ahead. Good Shepherd, guide us in love. Amen.
Greetings from the newest member, one of the newest members of the Fitzroy family, Caleb, myself and Cora. And we're reading from Matthew 11, verses 16 to 19, and then on to 25 to 30. To what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. And on to verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weak and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
So here we are at the beginning of July. We should be in Arua. We should be today coming out of a Elam church service where we would have had chairs on our heads and been dancing around, listening to Harriet giving worship in uh, the best James Brown kind of style. And yet here we are, still in Northern Ireland, still not sure we can fly, certainly not going back to Uganda for the foreseeable future. And it's four months since we met as a congregation. It seems as if probably at this stage we could do with a couple of things. We could certainly do with some rest. A lot of us have been finding this lockdown quite tiring. We, we, we don't know why we should be tired because we were sitting in our house and we weren't doing the things that should take away all of our energy. But we were certainly tired because we had to learn on, we have to learn all these new things. We have to learn where we can sit and how we can invite people around and we have to work out how we can go and shop and all kinds of things like working out Zoom and how to do online services. Though they're not things that physically seem that they should make us tired, we are. We need a rest. We need a staycation or a vacation or whatever kind of cation we need to just get a chance to recharge our batteries. We need rest. We also need wisdom. Much more wisdom as we stay alert in the opening up than we ever did in the lockdown. It seems to me that lockdown, we just knew exactly what we should do, whereas now we're not sure what we can do or what we should do or how we can do it. So we need wisdom to find our way through, rest and wisdom. If we go back to the lectionary readings for this week that John read for us earlier in the service, we will find that Jesus talks about both of these things. He starts Matthew 11, the verses that we've read, the verses that John read, he starts, Jesus is quite angry. He's angry with the generation. When Jesus says this generation, you can be sure that he's going to be socially critiquing and quite frustrated with the generation. And and that's, I think, for him, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day. He talks about children, which seems relevant to us because on this day when we should be in Onialaku, this week that we should be in Onialaku, we would be skipping with the children. That's an illustration actually that Eugene Peterson uses in his paraphrase of the very verses that John read. We should be around children all the time. And Jesus uses children twice in these illustrations. The first time it's spoiled children. And he likens the generation, or to me, as I read it, um, the religious leaders to just spoil children. They they are the ones who are entitled. They are the ones who know it all. They're the ones with power. They're the ones who can bully others. They're the arrogant, the dismissive, the cynical. Jesus is not happy with this at all. And he he comes to that phrase that I think is the 
the key to unlock this lectionary passage, or these two readings from Matthew 11, where, he's, where he, he talks about the generation who um, dismissed John the Baptist because he was too ascetic and then dismissed Jesus because he was with people and did drink and did eat with them and therefore was a drunkard and a glutton. They're never happy. They're always wanting to exclude those who don't conform to the pattern that they've set. And they're dismissing God in the midst of this. And what they're dismissing in the midst of this is the wisdom of God, because Jesus ends this particular little first part of the reading with that wisdom is proven in her deeds. Wisdom is very important in the scriptures. In the Old Testament, wisdom is mentioned 222 times. And for me, on a week that I should be traveling to Arua, that <laughs> brings back some laughter because my clerk of session, Michael Fitch, his letter, his numbers are 222. As most people know, my numbers are 1010. That's the day I was born. That's John chapter 10 and verse 10. I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. But for Michael, it's 222. It's Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And sorry, Michael, uh, I'm going to be brutal with that verse, but the way I remember it is that it's we pass on what has been passed on to us about the wisdom of God, the gospel of Christ, and the truth that is in the scriptures. Michael loves that verse, and Michael has number plates with 222 on it. And when we're driving to Arua, um, we have to stop at the 222 kilometres to Arua sign, and we all get out of the bus of Michael's on it, and we get our photograph taken with the 222. 222 times wisdom is mentioned in the Old Testament. Of course, we have the books of wisdom, and the book of Proverbs is specifically about wisdom. But maybe most best of all in the Old Testament is when Solomon is asked by God, God invites Solomon to ask God for anything. Imagine that. Imagine what you would ask for if God said to you this morning, Steve, you can have anything that you want. I might be tempted to say, well, I tell you what, if you could just give a one week's easing down of this lockdown, I really want to go to Arua. I want to see Pastor David. I want to see Jacqueline and Rachel, our sponsor kids. I want to walk across that playground. I want to have fun. I want to do the things that I, I love to do in Uganda. That might be something I would ask for if God told me I could ask for anything. But maybe we would want a wee bit of an extension to the house in Bally Castle, or maybe we would want a holiday or a sabbatical somewhere that uh, isn't Maryville Park and we had lockdown maybe in Cape Town or something. We could ask God for anything. What would it be? Ask yourself that. In fact, I think that's a, a spiritual discipline this week to say to yourself, where am I spiritually? And maybe I would find out where I am spiritually if I answered the question, what would I ask for if God allowed me to ask for anything? Solomon has that opportunity. And Solomon asks for wisdom. And he's commended for asking for wisdom because that's the best thing that he could have asked for. Wisdom is very, very important in the Old Testament scriptures and therefore should have been very important to those that Jesus is critiquing in this first part of Matthew 11. I think wisdom is what Jesus was all about. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I think Jesus is giving us wisdom for how to live our lives. I think discipleship is pragmatic wisdom. It's not wisdom is not that we would have a PhD in systematic theology or we would know who wrote all the books of the Bible. Those things are really important to know and they're good to know and they will do us no harm if we know it. But they're not the practical wisdom that Jesus is talking about here because we can have all the head knowledge that we like. But Jesus is telling us in Matthew 11 that wisdom is proven in the deeds that we do and following Jesus and not worrying about tomorrow because we can't add anything to it and making sure that we don't store up for ourselves treasure on earth because we're not taking any of that with us, but we store up treasure in heaven. This is wisdom to live by. It's not just wisdom to have a few cliches, a few religious ideas that we can meditate on. This is how we live everyday life. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? And to follow Jesus is wisdom in itself. And Jesus says, wisdom is proven in our deeds. And then we have this shift in the passage from the first part of the reading uh, in Matthew that John read, then Jesus is another go at some of the towns that he's been in that have dismissed his teaching. And then he has a real shift in his attitude and his posturing and everything else. He, he becomes tender from, from, from almost a hellfire preach at those who need that. He becomes tender to those who he's really ministering to, to those around him who are really listening, to those around him who seem to want what it is that Jesus has to offer. He starts by praising God that wisdom is not with those that are powerful and arrogant and dismissive and cynical. He thanks God that they're with the least of the children. Back to that children idea on a week that we should be in Onelaku spending all that time with children. Children would have been very dismissed in Jesus' time. That's why it's really quite radical when Jesus says, let the little children come on to me. Nobody else was letting the little children come on to them. They were a problem in the society. They were getting people's way on some levels. They were the least of these. And Jesus says, thank you, God, that you haven't given wisdom to those religious leaders. Thank you, God, that you've given it to the children. And in some ways, that's an echo of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. Where elsewhere, Jesus says, the first will be last and the last will be first. If you ever want a, a kind of a, a preach on that phrase, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, then this week's lectionary, lectionary readings does that. He dismisses the generation who think they're first. They think they're the elite. They think they're the religious elite. They think they have all the knowledge and all the truth. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You actually are the last. And if you want to know who the first are, well, then look at these little children. Look at the ordinary people. Look at the least of these because they have more wisdom because God has given them more wisdom than you guys have because you're not letting God in. And then Jesus invites us tenderly. He says, are you tired and weary? Are you burdened? Well then, come to me and leave your burdens with me. It's a wonderful invitation. My goodness, it's a wonderful invitation right now. It's a wonderful invitation to think that we've been locked up for four months and we're not sure how we're getting out of this and we're anxious every time we go out. And Jesus says to us, and he still says it, are you tired? Are you weary? Come and leave me your burden. I'll take it off you. Take my yoke because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I am humble 
and I can give you rest. Now, I want us to compare and contrast the Jesus who invites us. Because the Jesus who invites us us, tells us he's humble and that his yoke is easy. And that's a contrast to the generation that he's talked about earlier in the chapter. These religious people who are dismissive, these religious people who are excluding John the Baptist teaching and excluding Jesus teaching and don't want to know anything about anybody that's not just the way they are. They're arrogant. They are pushing people away. Whereas what Jesus is doing, the God of the universe, the one who was Lord and made himself nothing and became a human being. This is the radical good news of the gospel of Jesus, that he comes and he says, I'm a humble God and I invite you to come. I long that you would come and watch what I'm doing and follow what I'm doing, because if you live the wisdom that I am inviting you into, if you live in the kind of wisdom that I have lived, then you're going to find yourself more restful. What does he mean by that? Well, the truth is that the the, the Pharisees were putting a burden on people. All these laws, all these laws that they had to keep. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. You had to do this. You had to do that. It was tiring. It was weary. It was so burdening. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You don't have to do all these things. I'm not putting you under pressure to do all these things. I'm inviting you in by my grace. And then the Holy Spirit will help us as we develop the faith that is within you and the wisdom that is within you. Mumford and Sons, one of my favorite bands and my favorite line of theirs is, it's not the long walk home that will change this heart. It's the welcome I receive at the restart. It's not the long walk home that will change this heart. Oh, the Pharisees in a long walk home. You've got to do what we do. You've got to be like us. You've got to conform to the way we are. You've got to keep all our rules and regulations. You've got to be burdened with them and you've got to walk that long road with us. And maybe then, maybe after all this is done, you might somehow, somehow change your heart. Jesus has got a completely different message. Grace is not the long walk home. It's the welcome we receive at the very restart. Jesus is inviting the ordinary people in here. He's saying you don't have to be like those arrogant know-it-alls. He says you just have to come and be welcomed by me and my grace and begin to follow me. And that's going to be a lot more, it's going to be stress-free and pressure, less pressure than it is to follow the leaders of the day. Grace, unforced rhythms of grace. We don't have to be burdened to reach God. The humble God comes and welcomes us and invites us in. So here we are. We're four months in and we're looking for rest and we're looking for wisdom. And I think they're both in the same place. I think if we welcome ourselves into following Jesus and his discipleship, we find the wisdom to live. And that wisdom to live tells us we don't have to live like the Joneses. We don't have to keep up with society. We don't have to be doing all this joyless urgency. As we talked about another week, we can come and find peace in the depth of our souls in the Jesus who invites us in by his grace. The wisdom thing, I want to go back to Uganda. When we went out there the first year, when I went to Cape Town in my first year in 2000 with a team, and then when we went back to Uganda as Fitzroy in 2015, 
there's this thing where if you want to take the passage and we want to put ourselves into it, uh, we're a wee bit like the generation who are, my goodness, we know it all. We're from the West, you know, and we're sophisticated. And we've been to Bible college and we know the Bible better and we have Bible commentaries. And we're going to go to Onialaku on the edge of a city, on the edge of Uganda, and we're going to come and we're going to know it all. And we're going to bless them and give them and they're going to suck it all up. That's sometimes the arrogance of our Western mission to the rest of the world. And then you go and you spend time on this playground and you realize that those who've had less Bible education, those who've been to less lectures, those who've read less commentaries might actually have something that we don't have. It might be what Jesus is saying. I praise God that those, the least of these, as they're seen in the world's terms, are the ones who are most wise. It happened to me this last week. I've been in connection, obviously, to get some of the greetings with some of our friends in Uganda, friends who we should have been going to minister to. But actually this week, they give me the wisdom and minister to me because Edna that you heard, Pastor David that you heard, Justin, our link worker in the last few years that you heard, Harriet that you didn't hear but would have been leading the worship today had we been in Onealaku. All four of them come back to me when I said how sad of heart I was that I wasn't with them this week. They come back to me, all four, different Facebook messages, different places in Uganda, and they just said, well, God understands, God knows what he's doing, and God will bring you back to us in his time. I'm kind of asking, why is there a lockdown? Why can we not do this? How could we do this? I'm frustrated. I'm under pressure. I'm stressed about it. I'm feeling down about it. And they're just got the wisdom to trust in God in ways that I need to learn. What we said that first day when we opened the wonderful school that we funded in Onealaku was that we are rich in shillings and they are poor in shillings. Shillings is the currency of Uganda, by the way. But we are poor in faith. We are poor in resilience. We are poor sometimes in that pragmatic wisdom of following Jesus. And they are rich in it. And so when we go to Uganda, what I'm missing this year is not that I have an opportunity, though I love it, to share some Bible teaching with the teachers and with the pupils. What I'm missing is the refreshing faith and spirituality that they share with me because I come back from Uganda every year more blessed than I could ever bless anybody there. It's the upside down nature of the kingdom of God that those of us who think we know are maybe those who are less wise. But the invitation today is right here for all of us. Whether you're listening in British Columbia, Alberta, whether you're in Ohio or Grand Rapids, whether you're in Bangladesh or Australia or England or Scotland or Wales or somewhere in Ireland or those of us in Fitzroy, the invitation is the same. Are we tired? Do we need wisdom? Jesus is saying to us, look, it's not the long walk home that'll lead you to a change of heart. I'm inviting you to a restart, a restart in grace. A restart by what I've done for you and coming to live among you and going to the cross and being raised to life and being ascended back into heaven and sending out the Holy Spirit. I come with all of that done and I say to you, are you tired? 
Are you needing wisdom? Well, come to me. Come and give it all to me. Take on my yoke. See how I do it. And we'll share the unforced rhythms of grace. And as we come out of this lockdown, I will give you the wisdom spiritually. And I will give you the wisdom out in the real world. I will give you the wisdom as to what the next steps are. And it will be more restful and less pressured than the stuff the world wants to put on you. That's the invitation. That's the choice we make. That's the wisdom that's available. Today, I really want to take that. How are we going to live?
Thank you again for being with us for this service. Uh, I'd like to thank all of those who have contributed throughout the service and also to say that after this benediction, you're just going to have a minute in the garden of David and Heather Sharlin in Arua City, in their house, Little Galilee. Every year we go and visit them and David shows us around his garden and we thought it would be nice to just meditate as we look around that Ugandan garden this morning. Let's close with a benediction. Whether in Arua City or wherever in the world or for us as a community in Fitzroy, may God the Father fill us with his wisdom. May Jesus give us his unforced rhythms of grace and may the Holy Spirit work that wisdom out in our lives in practical ways that bless those around us. Amen.